Let us pray. God, we thank you for this day, for this holiday weekend, a reminder of the many freedoms we have, a time to celebrate those who have and continue to work and sacrifice for those freedoms, and for this opportunity to gather freely and worship you. As we dive into this, your word today, speak into our hearts and our minds and lives that which you have for us. May we be transformed by your word. May we be drawn into a deeper relationship with you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, again, welcome this 4th of July weekend. It's an interesting passage that follows in the lectionary and fits in so many ways for this uh, weekend where we attempt to take some time to rest as we celebrate and gather together. I'm going to focus on the gospel lesson for today, and particularly verses 28 through 30. You'll see those in your insert, uh, both in the NIV translation and the message translation, and I'll kind of hint at some of the others. But this is really an interesting passage. It's a, it's a great passage. It's a passage I frequently call upon. It's a passage I frequently remember. It's a simple passage, yet has great meaning and depth. It is one of the most practical passages in all the Gospels. And so it was interesting to me to see that this uh, passage came up for today, and I'm excited to share about it. But anytime I read this passage, it first brings to me a memory a memory from my college years that I cannot forget. I've tried. It's not exactly a fond memory. It's not a terrible memory, but you'll begin to understand. When I was in college, one of the classes we had to take was a class on small groups, leading small groups and how ministry in small groups and Bible study works. And, you know, this was primarily geared towards youth, although also adults in that program. And so it was a very interesting class. It met twice a week, you know, your Tuesday, Thursday, hour and a half class. But, of course, one day of the week was you were in the class together, all 20-something of you, and you were learning about the theories and the methods and understanding the dynamics and all that. And then... The second day of the week, class time would shift for half of us, and we, we would have a, a lab, if you will. And so we were broken up into two groups based on our schedule, and the lab was to actually be in a small group for that class time. You would be in a small group Bible study and experience that, kind of reflect on that, learn from one another. And we all had to take our turns leading, right? The professor led the first couple to kind of break the ice, and then each of us had to sign up to lead one of these small group sessions for our peers. Now, truth be told, I do not remember the small group session I led. I don't remember what it was on. I don't remember what I did. But I do remember one in particular one that I will never forget. Uh, in fact, our group, of, there was 10 or 12 of us, all guys except for one girl, Amy. Poor Amy. And it was the week that Amy led the small group, again, that I'll never forget. It was about this passage, in fact. And it's why I remember this passage. Thanks to Amy, I can't forget this passage. And it's why this memory comes. And you see, I don't know if it was... Because Amy was creative, perhaps a, a little bit too creative, if you ask me. Or if it was because Amy wanted some payback on putting up with these boys for a semester. Or if maybe, you know, Amy just wanted to use her passion. But Amy had a different idea for leading the small group. We read this verse and talked about this verse, but then she had us do something different. You see, Amy was a part of the sacred dance team at the college. 
You see, the sacred dance team was a, a group that would do special dances, liturgical dances, scriptural dances, you know, those very spiritual and meaningful and beautiful things. And so she decided that it would be a good idea for all of us to practice this. And so for this verse, on that day in small group, what Amy decided was each of us would take a turn taking these verses, verses 28 through 30, and we would, for the class, for the group, dance these verses. A liturgical, sacred, interpretive dance of these verses. You already see why I have not forgotten. <laughs> now you can ask Jessica, I don't like to dance. Marcus and dancing, they do not go together. Not my thing. I still, when I have to dance with my wife, I dance like a middle schooler. So, you know, I, I, it's not my thing. And so it came my turn, and I, I can't say I was excited. It was a little awkward. I was somewhere in the middle of the pack, but I didn't want to fail the class. I knew I had to do it. So I gave it my best shot. And I survived the moment. I don't remember the dance. Again, our mind and our soul has an ability to repress those things that which are not healthy for us. And so I don't remember it, but I do remember what happened afterwards because I was done. I, I felt relieved. I survived. Everyone else did too, for that matter. And, and, you know, I thought the awkward moment is over. But I was wrong. The awkward moment wasn't over. You see, everybody else did their dance, and then we had some time to reflect. And for whatever odd reason... The, the group had kind of felt after the fact that, that my interpretation was of high quality, that I had done a good job. And so we spent extra time reflecting upon my interpretive dancing. So the awkward was not over. Now normally I am someone who, you know, encouragement, especially around the scripture and around ministry, that is something I value. Normally I would be okay with this. Not so much. You see, I would not live it down for weeks, for months. I still have friendships. My best friend was in that class, relationships with many in the class. Again, we still from time to time recollect this moment where Amy did this to us. It's important language there to understand. But you see, it wasn't over there either. Because Amy was determined, oh, Marcus was good at this, so I am determined to get Marcus to be a part of the sacred dance team at the college. <laughs> Relentless she was. Okay, now, again, Marcus and dance, not together. You know, the thought of tights, traumatizing for anyone, okay? And so, not a lot of guys on the sacred dance team at the college. But she would not give up. It was a subject of conversation. Every time I saw her, I rerouted some of my paths to class from time to time. But of course, twice a week, we would relive this. And just when I thought it couldn't get any worse, just when I thought it couldn't get any more traumatizing, I get home to my dorm one day, and the voicemail light is blinking. And I pick up the phone and listen to the voicemail. And it is the professor, the teacher, the leader of the sacred dance team at the college <laughs> calling to urge me to consider to be a part of this. I was traumatized. I will never forget Amy. I will never forget this verse. I will never join a sacred dance team. <laughs> Marcus and dance do not go together. Marcus and tights do not go together. These things do not work. 
But it was interesting because in the midst of her creativity, in the midst of the awkwardness, in the midst of the embarrassing moment, I've not forgotten this passage. And, you know, truth be told, it's good for us to look at this passage both with levity and with seriousness. Because when we take it at its face value, we recognize something really important, an important truth about who Jesus is, an important truth about the Scripture. And when we take it with levity, perhaps we can actually embrace it a little better. And so I want to invite you to look with me as we look specifically at verse, verses 28 through 30. This first verse in the NIV, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Now, I want you to understand something. When Jesus says, come to me here, this phrase appears in the Gospels a lot. It's a phrase that Jesus used a lot, but it's actually very distinctive here. I didn't know this until I started studying this this week, but it's very distinctive here because this is a direct invitation. In fact, it's the only time in the Gospels, in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, it's the only time where Jesus uses this direct invitation. So it's not kind of like a, oh, come to me. This is a direct, it's a personal invitation. Come to me. Jesus here is being uniquely direct when he offers this invitation to come to me. And this come to me is interesting. It's not come to me when you have your life together. Not come to me when things are perfect. Not come to me when everything looks good. It's just come to me. Whether walking or sprinting or running or limping or crawling, Jesus invites us to come to us. Now, there's an out here. It says, all you who are weary and burdened. So the good news is, if you have never been weary or burdened, you don't ever need to come to Jesus. Now, I've yet to meet that person. In fact, I find it ironic. One of the beauties of preaching the Scripture is that the Holy Spirit has a sense of humor. I didn't know if you knew this. The Holy Spirit has a sense of humor. And so anytime you're getting ready to preach something, oftentimes the Holy Spirit will give you opportunities to live this. And I've had opportunities this weekend to, to really live this, to, to think about this. Nothing significant, nothing earth-shaking, nothing major. But you see, Jesus invites the weary and the burdened. But the key word there is all. You see, it's an inclusive invitation. It's for everyone. Jesus invites everyone directly and personally, not just some. To say that Jesus only invites some is not the truth. It's not the gospel truth. Jesus invites all. It's for everyone. So earlier in this passage when it says... The only ones who know the Father are the ones who Jesus reveals. Understand that Jesus offers that revelation, that invitation to everyone. Now whether or not we choose to accept it, that's our deal. But Jesus offers this invitation to all. All who are weary and burdened. Understand that Jesus cares about our burdens. Jesus cares about our exhaustion. Jesus cares about our stress. Jesus cares about our anxiety. Jesus cares about our worries, our fears, our failures, our shortcomings. Jesus cares about our insecurities. 
And understand it says, and Jesus says here, and I will give you rest. Rest is not just a nap. It's not just some energy. That the word rest here literally means to be refreshed, to be refreshed and fulfilled. To be renewed. So not just, oh, I'm tired, I'm exhausted, I'm stressed. Jesus, give me a break. No, Jesus offers us more. Jesus offers us life. That we get to be refreshed. That we get to be filled and fulfilled. So this gift that Jesus is offering us is more significant than a nap. And I love this verse because it reminds me of an important truth about who Jesus is. Jesus is willing. Jesus is willing. Jesus is willing to help us. Jesus is willing to care about us. Jesus is willing to deal with our stress, fear, anxiety, burdens, exhaustion. Jesus is willing to invite us to him and give us rest. Jesus is willing. I love how this verse goes in the message. Are you tired? Worn out? Burn out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. I want to go on to verse 29, and I'm going to read this both in the NIV and the message translation, which you have before you. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. And in the message, walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. It's an interesting passage here. Learn from Jesus. That we don't just come to Jesus to get our rest, to get our fulfillment, but to learn from Jesus. That we have a model of how to live. We have a model of what the abundant and ideal life is, this Jesus. And so we don't just come to him for healing. We come to him for a new way to live. We come to him for a model, a way of living, a way of seeing things. An example that Jesus gives us this example. And I, I want to talk a bit, just for a minute, about yoke. And, and here it's referring to a lot of things, our stress, our worries, our burdens. Of course, for the, the Pharisees, the yoke of the law and needing to uh, perfectly obey the law. I don't know. I'm not an expert on yokes, okay? So, so understand I'm not a yoke expert. I've picked one up before. They're heavy. Usually 40 to 80 pounds, depending on their use. They're not used as much as they used to be. Large animals to pull things, to kind of spread the weight, spread the burden. But I, I, I put it around my neck. And, and, I, and it's not something that I felt I could ever really carry without injury. It was heavy. It was cumbersome. It, it's, a, it's an image used a lot of times for slavery, for obedience, for service. And, and it's, a, it's, a, it's a heavy item. And truth be told, we all have heavy items. We all come here today, no matter what mood we're in, with some heavy items. Heavy items in our life, maybe for us, maybe for someone else. Heavy items on our heart, whether insignificant or significant, whether fears or worries. We all 
have a yoke. I, I tend to carry my stress right here behind my ears. Okay, we all actually have places where we carry our stress. And so mine is right here. And I, I can tell when the stress starts to change because it moves its way down. And my neck is sore and tight. And the shoulders become heavy and tight. You know that when we're burdened, our shoulders are heavy? Have you ever had that feeling before? That's not just imagery. It's not just a saying. Tied even to this yoke concept. And even when it gets really bad, you, you know, I can begin to feel it down my back. Some of you know what I'm talking about. We all have stuff. We all come with our burdens. And if we're honest about our burdens, we recognize that there are people we know that have burdens that are much heavier than ours. There always is, isn't there? And if we're honest, we look, there are probably people that have burdens that seem much lighter than ours. But we come with burdens. It's really part of the point of coming to church, you know. Coming with that yoke, coming with those heavy shoulders, coming with those burdens. Dan talked about that last week, that being honest with one another. So, you know, we should be safe to bring those burdens. That it's okay if we didn't have a good day or if we didn't have a banner weekend or if we come a little grumpy or we come a little tired or we come a little weary or we come a little stressed. Because Jesus invites us that way. We all have our stuff. Jesus wants to take this yoke, take the stress, take the burdens, take the fears from us, take them away from us, and replace them with something different. We see this something different in verse 30. It's a different yoke. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Message translation. I won't let anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Quite a promise. You see, Jesus offers us a different yoke. It's not a yoke that's controlled by others or our circumstances as so often our stress and our burdens and our fears and our worries are. They're controlled by others, controlled by things outside of our control, right? He offers us a yoke that's different. A yoke that actually, as one commentator put, is perfectly fitting for us. Our personality, our gifts, who God created us to be. That's not to say it's not heavy, but it's manageable. It's made for us. It's not always comforting. It's sometimes challenging. But it's ours. And it's given to us by Jesus. It's this yoke of obedience. It's this yoke of discipleship. That we take our burdens, our fears, our worries, our anxieties, the, the garbage of our life, the stuff that, that hurts us, the stuff that hinders us, and we take it and we bring it to this Jesus who is willing to take our garbage. We give, we take that yoke off, we give that away, and we embrace this new yoke that Jesus has for us, this call to discipleship, this call to learn from Jesus and be more like Jesus. And that's a constant call. Again, I had some practice this weekend. The beauty of the sermon. But this yoke that Jesus has is not a yoke of slavery. It's a yoke of freedom. 
It's different. I love this last phrase. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. It's not easy to follow Jesus, but it's freeing. That's what this word easy means here. That's why I love the translation of the message. It's a burden we can handle. By the way, whether it's the yoke of Christ or the yoke of this life, we're never meant to do that alone. That that's one of the greatest gifts we have as followers of Jesus. We're not alone. You know, that's the point of the church, right? Not just for something to do on a Sunday morning. That we carry one another's burdens. That we help one another with each other's yoke. That we together help one another go to this Jesus who takes those things that weigh us down, those things that hurt us, those things that are painful, those things that are challenging, those things that are stressful, and we give them away. Sometimes those yokes are so heavy we need help lifting it off of ourselves. And that's the truth. So not only do we have this Jesus, this Son of God, but we have each other. We have the community of faith. Jesus offers us a new, a new yoke, a new life. Not a set of burdens, but freedom and joy. Following this one who takes all the weight off our shoulders. All we have to do is come. That's it. Everyone is invited. Everyone is welcome. The new yoke is offered for everyone. Every one of us can bring our burdens to Jesus and he can take them. Why do we have so much prayer in our service? Confession and prayer and prayers of intercession? Because it takes us lots of time to let go of those burdens. And the beauty of even coming to communion is that we know what Jesus has done for us. We know the new life that Jesus offered us. And so we can take our burdens, our fears, our worries, our anxieties, all the stuff. Lift that yoke off our shoulders. Lift that yoke from around our neck. And lay it at the foot of the cross. Because Jesus wants it. And we don't need it. We can't do it. We can't carry it. And so we give it away to the one who died to take it. Jesus wants for us freedom and joy, not fear and worry and anxiety and stress. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And that's part of the reason that we're here. And so we praise God for these practical reminders in the scripture. And then we come and we give it away.
Let us pray. God, we thank you for this word, for this passage. Lord, sometimes we don't understand how you would be willing to take our burdens. Whether they seem insignificant and not worth your time, whether we brought them upon ourselves and we feel guilty. And yet, Jesus, it's not a bother to you. Our burdens are not a bother to you. You want them. You invite us to bring them to you. God, help us to be a people who bring all of our burdens, fears, worries, anxiety, and stress to you. Letting go, trusting you, and putting on this new yoke of discipleship, the life of freedom and joy that you have for each and every one of us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.